You know, first thing is in business, you don't want the sell on the first word that comes out of the mouth. There is a journey of re- building a relationship and trust. Even if it's something that could be sold quickly, there's still even a tiny journey there where I know you exist. I understand what you offer. I make a decision to buy it or I make a decision to ignore you or I make a decision to learn more. What's going on, guys? This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show. This is the show that will help you escape the Wall Street casino and build wealth on Main Street by investing in real estate. Today, our guest is Dolores Hirschman. This episode is for those of you out there who are business owners or want to be business owners. And this is about clarifying your business's message and cornerstone idea so that you can grow your business, connect with more customers, and really just do more, make more money. I know there are a few of you folks out there who I've spoken with who are building your own business or have been working on that for a while. And I'm sure growing your business, growing your sales is going to help you out a lot and help you have more capital to invest in real estate. This is a big uh, topic that I've been thinking through for myself, for my business. And I think it would make sense for any of you out there who again are out there building your own businesses or already own your business and want to grow. need to understand our message so that we can connect with more customers and do more business, make more money. That's what it's all about here. I'm your host, Taylor Lote. I'm a real estate investor. I'm a real estate syndicator. I buy real estate with passive investors and split the return. Really enjoyed this interview. And if you enjoy it as well and you're an Apple Podcast user, please take a quick second. Leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars if you don't mind. That's much appreciated. That helps other people learn about the show. That helps us grow in the Apple Podcast ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys, that helps me feel good because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street casino along with us. No matter what podcast app you use, if you haven't yet, look up that Passive Wealth Strategy Show. Hit the subscribe button. That way you'll get every new episode straight to your mobile device every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. And we look forward to seeing you then, just like we see you now. Once again, our guest is Dolores Hirschman. We're talking about clarifying our message, clarifying our ideas, our cornerstone idea in our business so that we can connect with more customers, do more business and make more money. And that way we'll have more money to invest in real estate. I know there are a few of you out there who own your business or want to build a business. And this is really the key because if you can't connect with your customers, How are you going to sell anything to your customers? How are you going to sell more to more people if you're already selling to to some? We need to be thinking about that, clarifying our message. So that's what we're talking about today with Dolores Hirschman. Without any further ado, here we go. Dolores, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Taylor. I'm really excited to talk with you and learn more about your ideas around understanding our ideas in in our business and what that means for building our business and servicing our customers and all of these important things that are so critical to growing any business, whether it's real estate or anything else. For our listeners out there who don't know about you and your business, can you tell us about your background? And then we're gonna, you know, dive into it. Yeah, thank you. And so I, I, I'll I'll make it short, but I grew up in Argentina. So first question is, where is your accent from? It's from Buenos Aires. Spanish is my first language. Um, and I wanted to be an actress when I graduated from high school. High school, and my dad is like, "Great, go to business school, and then we can talk." Right. <laughs> and so I I always say, you know, I'm a creative that was forced to have some formal education around business creation, and that probably while I 
hated it at the moment. Um, it was the best thing I ever did because I'm able to create actually build things with my creative ideas versus just having ideas that you wouldn't know how to bring them, you know, build something with them. So I've been in the space of turning creativity or turning my ideas into companies and movements and products for many, many, many years. And in that journey, I also went into coaching and I became an actual leadership coach, which if you think about it, the the core of leadership and the core of being kind of like that member of a team or that person who is able to rise above the confusion of the world and, and be emotionally intelligent in different situations, it all comes down to being able to listen and communicate effectively. And so whether it was my ideas as an actress or my formal education in marketing at, at when I studied business or my work, whether I was working for a nonprofit, which I did for a while, or starting my businesses or becoming a coach, they were all around the importance of communication at the base of any transaction. And transaction is a big word because I'm talking about relationship with friends, relationship with partners, relationship with spouses, relationship with family. At the base of all that is powerful, clear communication. And so in some ways, I've been in the space of communications all my life. I became a TEDx organizer, run one of the largest TEDx events in the East Coast. And so all that has added to what I do today, which at Masters in Clarity, we help people, we help specifically service business owners clarify their communication strategy, clarify their core idea, and also clarify their scalable business model. Awesome. Well, I, I love that. And I, I think I agree. And I've seen communication being so important to business and our and our personal lives and our work lives for folks out there who have day jobs. And on a personal level, one of the early books that I read in this area that really helped me out was actually Crucial Conversations, really helped me deal with communicating with others and, and start to see, apply those ideas and start to see that I could actually improve in this area. And, you know, everybody could, in, in my you know transactions, could benefit from my improvement in that way. Can you tell us about what what a cornerstone idea in business is and how we can start to clarify our cornerstone ideas, I think is a really interesting concept. Yeah. And this came from my work as a volunteer TEDx organizer. As I said, I led one of the largest TEDx events here in the East Coast. And, I, you know, you don't know what you don't know until you know it. And at the time, I would, we would open for uh, speaker applications. Uh, and first of all, I didn't know how, that everybody wanted to be a TEDx speaker because we would open 15 slots and we would get hundreds, like three, 400 applicants who wanted to speak at our event. And then we're like, oh, we're just, we're just not sure what we're doing. But, and the, the, so, so first was that lesson. But second was that these were people who had written books, who were expert in their fields. You know, we had on our stage someone who's now uh, an astronaut training in Russia. Like we've had some big names on our stage. Uh, but when it came to filling out an application and answering a question that was, what is the core idea behind your talk? And please answer it in one short sentence. It was almost impossible. We had like chapters. People would write paragraph after <laughs> paragraph trying to explain the core idea. And they would tell us a whole story, right? 
And so when we talk about, and so so that experience translated almost seamlessly to the work that I've been doing with, with my clients. And it, it hit me that part of the disconnect between what my clients are saying and what their audiences are hearing and what they want to hear, it was that lack of clarity around the one thing that you must say as a business owner so that your audience gets it and says, I want more. You know, first thing is in business, you don't want the sell on the first word that comes out of the mouth. There is a journey of building a relationship and trust. Even if it's something that could be sold quickly, there's still even a tiny journey there where I know you exist. I understand what you offer. I make a decision to buy it, or I make a decision to ignore you, or I make a decision to learn more. That's the three things that happen. But if you don't understand that if the second or third step is missing, like I understand what you do, if that step is confusing or lacking, then the decision of I'm going to ignore you is going to come faster. And so, so when we talk about core idea, it's all about how can I show up in the world, whether you're speaking, you're social media, you're in a podcast, whatever you show up, because Anywhere that you're showing up, it could be a potential first date for your next client. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. literally, it could be the, the, the supermarket checkout line or a party or a podcast or a social media ad. It's a first date. And so what is the minimum amount of words or statements or things you can put out that will get someone to say, I know what you're offering and I'm interested or I'm not. I might need you or I'm not. And so the concept of the core idea is asking my clients and the companies is, what is the one thing that at the heart of your business, you are solving all the time? You might be solving a lot of other million other things, but those are kind of secondary. Like in the, I don't know, in the investment world, if I'm going to work with you, I want to know, can you make my money grow? That's it. (laughs) Like first question, can you, yes or no? Then I may not work with you or I might work with you because when I ask the how, it may or may not be what I'm looking for. But there's no conversation on how if I first don't confirm that what you offer is in the realm of what I need. And most people go deep into the how before confirming what they actually offer. Does that make sense? I think so, yeah. I mean, I I can... I can see you know, we're all in our own heads. We're focusing on, you know, what do well, I do? do, me, blah, 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 and not the other side of the table. And I think a lot of times that can translate into us jumping to the how and not the, you know, maybe bigger idea and really summarize it for folks. But I, I want to make sure I really understand how can we boil that down, you know, going from the how, no matter what it is, to what that means to the other person and it really clarifying, I think, is we'll continue with that word because it it fits. Yeah, it fits. So I'm going to give you a very, very, very simple example. Two years ago, we got a puppy and we had always adopted adult dogs, uh, which has its challenges and its blessings. The beauty is that they're not chewing your whole house and they're <laughs> potty trained usually. But a puppy is a puppy. And so, so she was chewing everything in my house. And I always talk about, you know, I had my antennas in my head kind of tune in to the problem I was having. How do I get my puppy to stop chewing my sofas and my and literally the wall? 
And um and and it, and and I was very attuned to that problem, something I didn't have a year before or six months before. And so what what that awareness of that problem that I as a consumer had made me filter the information I was exposed to to my problem. For example, if I was just browsing on the internet and something came up around puppies and chewing, I would actually stop and read it. But it had to have the right keywords, like how can I stop my puppy from chewing? If it had the keyword like how to raise a wonderful, happy puppy, no. I mean, my puppy was happy eating my walls. (laughs) It was not my problem. So you see, I mean, this is a silly example, but is people say, you know, you know how you can hire very expensive copywriters to do all of your marketing material. And I always say the best copywriter for you is actually 100% free because the best copywriter is your customer. Ah, Copy and paste or listen, record and transcribe what your people are saying. And that, I mean, there's a lot of tricks to do that, but there's so much information. Like right now, you can go into Facebook, go into almost, and this is a, a hack, you can go to almost any Facebook group. And in any Facebook group, there's a, always a search box. And you can type, I need help with, and hit enter. Let's say you have a, a Facebook group that you belong to. It doesn't have to be yours. And there's thousands of people in there. The more people, the better, the, the, the more results you're going to get. I need help with enter and you're going to get all kinds of posts or even comments. But like I like if you're a business coach, go into a group or or an investment strategist or expert, go into, I don't know, a group of real estate investors and type I need help with. And you're going to have a whole array of posts around. I need help with minimizing my taxes. I need help with. I don't know, getting a loan to invest in my, I don't know. But chances are you're going to find at least one client. But most important, you're going to find a lot of copy to write your emails and your sales pages with. <laughs> hmm, interesting. So it's going out there and and not not so much polling the marketplace, but... Um, listening. Yeah, listening. Okay, okay. With your ears or with your eyes? Because reading is still listening. Hmm, okay. Reading comments is listening. So one of the things I wonder about this, the, the cornerstone idea concept or like having one idea, I suppose, in your business that you address is a lot of businesses, maybe it gets back to that how they say, but it's not just one idea. We do so many things. We don't just do X, we do X, Y, Z, and we wrap all the way back around to A and start there. How can we, if we, you know, we think our businesses do oh, so many things like this, how can we boil that down to a cornerstone idea. So a confused mind never buys. And another analogy, I always say there is a front door to your house. And then you, when you walk into your home, there's probably multiple rooms, but you don't go from the outside into the bathroom unless it's a pool house. (laughs) But you go into, from the outside into a first door, it could be sometimes two doors, you know, the, the, the mudroom door and the main entrance, but you go into a space that is the arrival space, and then you go into the rooms. And so this is where people get scared. And they say, well, I offer 10 different products. I could offer any of them as a front first product. And if I choose only one of them, what if it's a wrong one? And I never grow my business. And so 
there's two parts to that. It's first of all is what is the one problem that will open up other problems? Or what is the one problem that will will give you or give your client the most momentum, right? For example, at Masters in Clarity, we actually solve a lot of problems. We solve the clarity problem, helping people clarify their message. And it's, uh, I don't know if you read when you're a kid or you're too young to have kids, but there's a book called uh, uh, If You Give the Mouse a Cookie. Oh, of course. Yeah. No, I love that book. If you give the mouse a cookie, I have four kids. So I've read it. If you give the mouse a cookie, you're going to ask, he's going to ask for a glass of milk, give you a glass of offer and say, what is, if I were to organize this in a somehow linear way, what is one thing that is an immediate need of my client? And what is a secondary, third and fourth need? So most of my clients, for example, to use Masters in Clarity as an example, come because they've tried a lot of things and everything has failed and they just, they need clients, they need to make money. And to make money, you need to talk to more people more often with a clear message. Pick up the phone and say, I do this. Do you need this? Okay, deal, right? I'm making it easy. But you need to unlock that capacity to connect with people and then learning about what you do so that they hire you. Once you do that successfully, you say, okay, oh, yeah, I talk to five people every day and now I have clients, but I can't keep on doing that because... It's not sustainable. I have so many clients now. I can't do that anymore. I need to automate it or I need to do social media. Okay, great. So my team actually can do social media for you because we happen to have an agency side to our business. But I can't sell something that is a done for you when someone is not bringing any money yet or not enough. And so if you're listening to this and you're a business owner, it's like, what is the first problem that most people suffer from the most? Most of your ideal audience suffers from the most, lead with that problem, at least differentiate yourself with, with that problem, but also know that you will be able to get an, a chance to continue the journey with that client. And that is really, people collapse their offerings into making them all available. And I say, what is the first problem? And what is the other problems you solve that will ensure your customer retention? So it's not just customer acquisition. It's very expensive to get a new customer. And so it's about what is that customer journey and what can you offer within the scope of what you want to offer, of your capabilities and your skill sets and whatever, that you say, well, you know what, most of my clients come here, but they stay for this. I have clients who have been with me for five years. I don't think they can learn anything new from me. I don't know. I'm learning anything new from me anyway. <laughs> but why are they staying? Because A, they have consistent advisory and perspective and a way to bounce ideas. But B, we do the work for them. We have actually done for you services where our clients get the work done. So they, they continue getting our perspective and also get something that they would have hired to hire somewhere else. Mm. And so they come for the strategy, they stay for the done for you. Okay. So I'm, I think about this. We do have a few business owners who, who listen to the show. And um, what am I, I think about one of my friends who owns a business is not in the real estate space, but his product offerings are, are kind of, uh, kind of varied. It goes from, you know, gun parts, it's all legal to kind of scuba diving related 3d printed items and a few other things. And, 
I don't, I don't mean to pick on him. I'm certainly not going to do that. But to me, from the outside, it's kind of a, a wide variety of things. And as I think about that example in my head, if he wanted to continue to grow that business right now, it's just kind of a, a passive cash flow type of thing he makes money off of. But if he, if he wanted to really blow that out, I would imagine that at a certain point in a biz- as a business owner, you need to step back and say, is this stuff is this really a consistent customer base or do, am I just kind of all over the place and I need to step back and eliminate a few things and focus on, you know, really what we do well. So at what point do you need to say as a business owner, maybe I need to cut off this 30% of stuff so that I can focus on or, or 80, 20 to go with the big, cut off this 20%. So I can focus on, you know, this other 80% that, that really, you know, is, is producing results. I don't think that's really how that, that mechanism it, works. Yeah, but you know right, but, yeah. But, um, <laughs> but, but here's the thing. If you're in the starting phase of a business and you haven't really scaled, it's actually the best time to cut off because you can't scale. I mean, I'm a mom to four kids. I don't know. I mean, I think I was an okay mom for my fourth. Uh, had I had 15 children, I don't know that I would have been a good mom for any of them. Um, and so, and so it's almost like when you're in the starting phase, you want to be known for something and people say, well, but I don't know which one to pick, pick one and commit to it. doesn't matter. Like when someone says, is this a good idea? I said, the good idea is the one that you're going to hustle for. That's it. There's no such thing as a bad idea. I mean, let me put it this way. How many things you see out there that are making a lot of money and you look at it and it's like, that is a really bad idea. Like, I can, I can think of many of them. Things like that's a useless piece of equipment or service and they still make money. And so in 2021, I could pretty much honestly say there's no such thing as a bad idea. It's all down to execution and commitment. Execution, commitment, and staying on it, staying on a lane. So it's almost like, okay, pick a lane. Be known for it, stand out for it. Like I am the person who does 3D printing of harpoons for scuba diving. I'm making it up. Oh, and by the way, once you buy a harpoon, you could probably buy the rope that goes with a harpoon. And we have uh, some very fancy fins that will make you go faster with our harpoon. It's like McDonald's was known for the burger. And then came the fries. And then came the drink. And then came the combo. And then came the swirly thingy and then came the apple pie thing like but they were known for something it was a a burger that was fast oh and by the way you can have a drink with it i don't think they had fries at the beginning to be honest and then they scaled because they were the one place i could have a quick burger on the way to somewhere once you're positioned up here and you have a brand and people go to you you are a resource for thousands of people then And it could be risky because you've also seen an example of companies that started to get too comfortable, expanded too far, and then they became vanilla. They were famous, and then they became vanilla because they went too far. So there's always a risk, right? But when you are at that level, you could expand a little bit more. But at first, to push forward multiple products is like trying to push multiple rocks up up, up the hill. Pick one and roll it up and then go from there. And really, really focus. I love that. Right now, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. Have you ever wanted to invest in the private lending and debt side of real estate? You might find that going out and finding borrowers on your own is tough. When you find a borrower, you have the task of evaluating their plan all on your own. And the traditional way of lending private money highly concentrates your risk because you'll probably be funding the whole rehab loan on your own. That meant writing loan checks well into the hundreds of thousands of dollars, 
placing a lot of risk in individual borrowers and properties. Not to mention, there's a lot for you to know in terms of how to structure these loans so that you can help protect yourself and work with the borrower in your interests. Now, there's a new way to invest in the debt side of real estate that turns the private money lending space on its head. You can invest in a variety of debt instruments with this new platform with as little as $10 in each opportunity. You can diversify your investment across a wide variety of borrowers, geographies, and asset types. This new platform is called ground floor. They make it easy to invest in either your name or using your self-directed IRA. And if you don't already have a self-directed IRA, don't worry. They make it easy to get started and get one opened. Go to www.passivewealthstrategy.com slash ground floor to get started, or click the link in the show notes. See the ground floor site for full terms and details of what they offer. Once again, that's www.passivewealthstrategy.com slash ground floor, or click the link in the show notes. Back to the show. All right, Dolores, I've got three questions. I ask every guest on the show, are you ready? I'm ready. Great. First one, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education? I think I would say the people that I have brought into my life from my husband, my partner, from the people people I've partnered with in business, like I am, I've invested very well in people. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great point. I recently brought uh, someone into my team and, you know, they, they bring skills to the table, but there is a ramp up period where you're kind of investing in that person's skills and experience to make sure they're learning and coming on board in a, in a business uh, situation specifically. And if it's done right, that can really pay off and, and save you as a business owner a lot of, a lot of time not to get into, uh, you know, spouses and everything, which is, mm-hmm. which is also very important. We had the best investment. Now we go to the other side of that coin, the worst investment. What is the worst investment you ever made? Hard to say. Probably I would say (laughs) shoes and clothes I never wore. (laughs) Yeah. The the worst investment I've ever made is the investment I didn't do properly. That the money I spent on things that did not grow. Mm, Yeah. I, I tried my hand at some options trading at one point and Lost not a lot of money, but certainly lost plenty of money on that. So uh, I haven't my... done very well with Bitcoins lately. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you talk to a Bitcoin person, they'll tell you it's it's only a matter it's of time. It's all a matter of time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My favorite question here at the end of the show is, what is the most important lesson you've learned in business and investing? I... Personally, I think uh, there's a balance between learning and getting advice and following your intuition. And sometimes you may trump your gut and your intuition because someone is speaking louder or with more credentials or whatever. And I think personally, I always, uh, I have to remind myself that my intuition is pretty much an equal player in any decision I make. Uh, Again, Relying on advisors, learning and exposing yourself to new information, but never leaving yourself behind. Wow. Yeah, I certainly, certainly appreciate that, especially given all the experience uh, that you have. Your your intuition is is backed up by a lot of a lot of knowledge and experience and, and things that you've seen. So yeah, yeah, got to listen to that. And Dolores, thank you for joining us today. This message, this idea of clarifying our cornerstone idea in no matter what business we're in really seems to be a big differentiator between success and failure. It's something that I'm thinking about 
a lot right now in my own business. I certainly appreciate you coming and talking with us about that today. If folks want to reach out, if they want to find you on the internet, if they want to track you down, get in touch, whatever, where can they find you? Come to mastersinclarity.com and you can hop on a conversation with us. Great. Well, thank you once again for joining us today. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That's very much appreciated. That helps other people learn about the show. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them to the tribe. Thank you for tuning in once again. I hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.